0: Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast where we're seeking to lead change. We're also seeking to understand. We're also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite, to develop, and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co host, John LeBron. Today, we are joined by our special guest, Jake Tofton who has joined us to have a conversation on how to build a startup. Put those hands together, put those clapping emojis in the comment section for Jake, who was the founder and CEO of Clapton Capital. He started Clapton Capital 14 years ago with no contacts, but with the right balance of positive mindset, versatility, reliability, resolve, and measured aggressiveness. He started making phone calls to people Three years later, Clapping Capital have become profitable and in 2021 closed with $150 million worth of deals with a full-time team of five. And Right now, Jake has joined us right here on the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast. Jake, thanks for coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. So you are a startup guru, if I could say that, in the business world. And I want to start right there. How did you even get into the entrepreneur space?
1: Um, yeah, no, it's a good question. <clears throat> so I, I I moved to Chicago in the early 2000s and I um, I moved here to trade futures. So I traded like interest rate and Fed funds, futures and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and I, I feel like this happens to a lot of entrepreneurs, kind of hit a crossroads right in 2008, nine ish uh, when you know, the, we had the Great Recession and, you know, interest rates went to zeros. You couldn't really make a lot of money trading anymore. Um, so I was like, well, I, I better find something else to do. Right. Because um, I was kind of forced into it. Right. Because, and a lot of people were at the time. Um, and I, I think a lot of people ended up starting their own businesses at that time. Um, so I, I, I kind of used my own strengths and, you know, the things that I was exposed to and things that I was around. Right. And I was exposed to things like, banking and loans and interest rates and stuff. And at the time, it was a financial crisis, right. And my idea was to form a company around the ability to find people money to find people capital to get them loans, stuff like that, right. Uh, Because that's what everybody wasn't able to get. Um, So I was going to be a conduit to find those for them, right. And, you know, I mean, I didn't really know what this job or You know position was um but uh you know what what i what i started doing was i just started cold calling people and you know i just i used to sit in front of the phone you know uh trying to figure this business out you know eight nine hours a day just cold calling people introduce myself asking you know hey are you lending this that you know and eventually you know we built up uh you know a network um and you got to know enough people that, you know, we, we, we really had like kind of the product that I, I wanted to be able to supply to people. Um, and then, you know, I mean, at the time, like people couldn't find lending, they couldn't find money. And you, you know, you just put it out there that um, you had those connections and they would just come to you. Right. Um, but obviously the difficult part was getting those connections and figuring it out. Um, so that, that's really how I started. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, 14 and a half almost fifteen years later um we're a nationwide commercial real estate finance company um, and uh you know it, it it all started just doing cold calls um I didn't really have a background in real estate I kind of had a background in finance by trading but uh you know had had zero context and and just started calling around so uh, that, that's kind of how it happened
2: Wow, so basically what I think I heard you say is, you started because you by basically by seeking a solution to a problem that nobody else was solving. And that solution right. seemed to be raising. Right.
1: I mean, the things that I was exposed to, right, was, was finance at the time. Right. And mm-hmm. banks weren't lending. Right. That was the whole thing. Right. It was yeah. a financial crisis. There was no, yeah, there's no loans out there. Right. So I saw a problem. Right. And then my, You know, I I had to figure something else out to do, right? Because we couldn't make money trading at the time. And I was like, well, okay, here's a a problem. And if I supply a solution, I can figure out how to make money off of it. Um, And really just went full, you know, full board into that and started making the phone calls and and, and figured it out just on my own, right? I mean, most people that are in this business um, really kind of get taught it through banks and banking and all all this stuff. Um, But, you know, I just... Figured out on my own and and made the right connections and network to be able to do it.
2: So a lot of times what I find is a lot of people try to start whether it's a a startup with funds or just a a personal business of some sort is your your, sometimes we start too broad and we're you know, it's a good idea to start niching down who you're looking to cut to uh, your ideal customer, I guess you can say I know we're not focusing on that necessarily. But you said I, I want I was, this is the problem I was going to solve. And then I started making phone calls. So how how narrow do you get when you're trying to find out who do I call? Like, what kind of people do I call? Do you niche um, that down to a specific kind of person?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, at first I didn't know who to call. Right? Okay. And candidly, I would just call people up and they would say, well, you don't need to talk to me. And so I said, OK, well, who do I talk to? Talk to that guy over there right um so it's really just getting in the door and asking right i mean asking the questions how do i do this who do i call who do i get in touch with what's their contact info you know yada yada. and i mean eventually you, you do that enough times and you end up with at, at a lot of the right places um you know it, there's a lot of different types of loans right there's a lot of different types of business loans stuff like that mm-hmm. <laughs> um so that's one of the things we really had to figure out right because i mean you're right i don't want to run too many races i want to w- run one race really well Mm -hmm. and focus on that. Right. Um, and and at the time, um, you know, it was calling or it was, it was doing a lot, right? Like I would, I mean, at one point I financed a semi truck. Yeah. I mean, we we were doing business loans and this and that, you know, it, it, it was very broad. I was also trying to figure it out, but very, very quickly. Um, I found a home in the commercial real estate space. Um, you know, it, it really had a lot, to do, a lot to do with my own interest, right? I've always been interested kind of in like real estate, invest stuff like that. Um, but also it just, it just, it was just a good fit, right? I mean, the the clientele, um, you know, was a good kind of like personality fit for me. And, and, you know, I was able to figure that out really well and have a high level of competency for that type of stuff. Um, so it really just gravitated towards that um, sector of the business, um, which happened very quickly. Um, but you're, you're right, I mean, it started, you know, here. Um, and, you know, through a combination of asking questions about what to do and figuring it out. And just, you know, my own general interests ended up there in a very narrow field. Um, and that's all we do today is commercial. Mm-hmm. Real estate finance.
2: You're financing commercial real estate specifically,
1: right? So yes. I'm the conduit right between yeah. borrowers and lenders. So okay. somebody comes to me and say, Hey, I want to finance this apartment building. To buy it for 20 million bucks mm-hmm. we go get them the loan for it
2: so how did you figure that out though when you said early on that banks were not pro- providing loans
1: i mean some of them still were right okay. i mean like a lot of them weren't some of them were some of them some of them still were but in different shapes and forms and different terms mm. um you know but it was a lot of the low hanging fruit and obvious you know capital sources that completely went out of the market So sometimes, you know, I mean, you'd have to talk to fifty different people to try to get a loan done, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there, there, there was still lending. There was still lenders out there, but it was just, it was very inaccessible. And that's Mm -hmm. what we were providing was the access to it. Cool.
0: Your bio talks about the. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I said that's what we still provide is access to uh, to lenders.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. In your bio, you, you talk about having to balance a positive mindset, versatility, reliability, resolve, and measure aggressiveness. I want to talk about that last piece, the measured aggressiveness. What do you mean by that?
1: Um, you know, me- measured aggressiveness, you know, I-, I think is a good concept because, you know, if you think about it, like the thing about the cold calling aspect of, of either side of my equation, right? So the suppliers or the users, right? Suppliers be the banks, the users being the borrowers. Um, if I get too aggressive with either one of them, they're not going to want to deal with me, right? If I call up some lender and, and I'm like, give this guy, you know, this guy wants this, you know, and I'm, it, it, it's not going to work, right? If I go to a borrower and try to cram a loan down his throat, that's not going to work either. Um, so you can't have... No level of aggressiveness, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, i I don't want I don't want to be the only girl in the bar not wearing a push up bra, you know. But but if, you know, you you've got to be a little, you know, a, a, you know, cognizant of the areas where you can push and cognizant of the areas where you kind of need to sit back and let like wait for people to come to you. Um, relationships are very, very relate. Real estate is a very relationship based business, and you know, being able to build those relationships positively recommend to your success in the
2: business very cool and then I think before you had mentioned that you'd also spun off two other startups is uh, that right
1: yes yes so you know what one of the things I wanted to do here um, as the CRT finance company grew and sold by, you and know, all the stuff you know is is like figure out other ways to monetize what I have. Right. And over, over, you know, more than a decade worth of time and talking to people, what I have is a huge database and network. Um, and with those people, right. Let's just talk about the borrowers themselves and the, the real estate owners. Like they, they use other things other than just loans. Right. But that are somewhat along the same lines. For instance, they, they need insurance. They need commercial property insurance. Um, they need to buy properties, sell properties, they need title insurance, stuff like that. Um, So, you know, we've been trying to figure out other ways to basically cross sell, um, and to use, you know, what we already have, which is, you know, your network is your network, right? So we use my database and use that reach to, to start other business avenues. Um, So, you know, late last year, we started a commercial property insurance company. And because of where the finance company is, I mean, it took off like that, right? I mean, we went from, there There was no ramp up period. It was just immediately plugged in and piggybacks off the other business, right? Because I've already built the trust with these people. I've already talked to them. Literally all we have to do is send an email blast. Hey, now we're doing commercial property insurance and they just come. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're looking at a couple different ways to try to figure that out, right? Like. Like how else can you monetize, you know, the things that you've already built upon in other success you have. Right. <clears throat> um, another company, and there's a, there's a, here's a different angle of something similar, right? Another company we just started this year is an in-home healthcare business. Right. So non-medical home care for seniors, um, And I'm sure you're asking like the hell does that have to do with course real estate, right? But it's, It's utilizing things I've learned and marketing techniques that I've learned from the other business and applying it to that business as well. Because all all the things that I've I've learned and I've been able to do um, through the the CRE finance brokerage business, you know, they they cross into a lot of different industries, right? The, the, The marketing crosses over. Right. Knowing how to do things, knowing how to SEO, knowing how to reach out to the right people, you know, knowing how, you know, knowing what marketing works, what does it. I mean, marketing is a black hole. Right. And you can spend as much as you want to. And maybe it doesn't go anywhere. Um, so, so really knowing how to do that efficiently and how to get customers is, you know, it's something I learned from the other business. And it definitely crosses over um, into, into almost any business like this.
0: How has the landscape of financing shifted over the past few years? What are some of the challenges that you have experienced?
1: Um, uh, that w- could be an extremely long conversation given COVID.
0: Uh, <laughs> give me like three, give me like, three.
1: yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess the so COVID was different, right? COVID wasn't. A financial crisis like 2009 was, um, so like banks still wanted. You know, there was still lots of money. There's tons of money out there, right? Um, the problem is like knowing what to put it into, um, right? I mean, that was the question. Like for instance, we used to do a lot of we. Well, we do finance a lot of hotels, right? So in in during COVID, um, that whole business dried up, right? Because hotels were completely shut down. You can finance that. Um, So one one of the things that I did during COVID that really helped us through and made 2020 actually one of our best years is one of the things I like to do is follow like the macro trends in my industry. And this could really apply to any industry. Right. And and really pay attention to what's going on and be able to pivot very quickly. Um, So one of the things we did during COVID was. You know, I, I traditionally have done like, you know, a lot of just per mortgages and, you know, like apartment buildings and hotels and stuff like that. Right. But all of that kind of came to a, a halt. But one thing that was working really well and was just taking off during COVID was single family home construction. Right. Because so many people are moving and it's demographic shifts. And, you know, I mean, I, you guys all know that the housing market's been in, on fire. Um, wait, but. I haven't done that. Right. I haven't done hadn't done that type of product before in the past. And, you know, I kind of went back to the drawing board and built out an entire capital markets platform around single family home construction and subdivisions and stuff like that. And just and very quickly started targeting those deals and actually ended up having one of our best years ever. If I had just put liners on and tried to do what I'd been doing, wouldn't have worked out too good right um but because you know i i I paid attention and you know to the trends and what was happening and pivoted very quickly you know we we were able to do a lot um so that so that's one of the most important things right with your you know your business is Mm -hmm. not just putting your head down and grinding and not you know not paying attention to what's going on around you and the economy and Trends and all that stuff, because I mean, you can very, very quickly find yourself antiquated and like, you know, not not needed. Like, you know, there was there was no need for the, the stuff that I had been doing in the past at that point in time during COVID. So, you know, so if you're you're able to pay attention and, and pivot quickly, you know, um, you can go into the right areas and, and you know make that shift and, and end up doing this really well. So.
2: I hope everybody heard that what you say because it was gold for any business. My family runs a company and so forth. We all do our things. For any business, even if you're employed, you can apply certain aspects to that. It was understanding, and we've talked about this in the past in previous episodes, knowing when to pivot and to actually make the pivot. What you said is you were going one direction, you were on fire, it was going great, and then something completely unexpected came up. And you said, okay, that's going to dry up and is drying up real fast. What can we do within our area to make a pivot and still be successful? There's always a, with every you say with every adversity, there's a seed of equal or, or greater good. So there's an adversity. There's always something if you look for it and you have a positive attitude that you can find it and still prosper and also to keep your head up and look around, because here's the thing. We, maybe we didn't see COVID hitting quite like it did or maybe for the amount of time it did. And a lot of companies shut down. There was a lot of them that I saw, though. I thought, why don't they do this? Or why don't they try this? In the end, it was just they just kind of quit. But right. there's other things that are going to come up. The economy is going to make changes. It's going to dip. It's going to have. We've been we've been booming for years. Eventually, it's going to change. It does. No matter what, it's going to change. Other things may come up within your city, your state, your area. That's going to change the dynamics of how things people do business. There may be more, there may be less brick and mortar stores, or there probably will be over the next ten years than we've ever seen, and so there's things that have come up, and people have to understand how can I, how can I set myself up to be flexible enough to make the pivots when needed. It doesn't mean go in eight different directions. It just means am I a little bit agile so my whole business doesn't tank. For example, there was a one t- period of time when red boxes were huge. Remember those? You get the DVDs out of them. They still show up in some Kroger and stuff like that. Some grocery, Kroger is a grocery store have we have over here. I don't know if everybody has one of those. But I remember I had an opportunity to buy these DVD like kiosks. And they were a little expensive, but at the time I thought I'd have a good return. So I pinged a couple people like, hey, what is your opinion on this? Who I respected? And they thought, you know, with streaming I could see that getting worse. And I thought that's such a good point point. and so i thought i'm not going to go in that direction and literally within about 3 years streaming was the norm so glad i didn't spend tens of thousands of dollars on the this idea that i thought would that probably was good 10 years before that and so anyways i've noticed that you're pretty good at getting attention and i'm and money i've heard that money t- sort of follows attention and you've been get, on your social media It shows you getting on TV shows, local channels, different things, maybe bigger channels and so forth. Your LinkedIn has a, a really solid following. How are you able to get yourself in position to be experts on, in these areas, which <clears throat> obviously garners attention following your expertise?
1: Um, good question. So, I mean, I guess the first thing to say is why, why would I want to do that? Right. Um, and, I mean, it, it's important for for me in what I do, in my my thesis around this, is to, you know, be seen as an authority in my field, right? And I can go around and telling people I'm the best expert in this all day long, right? Um, but at the end of the day, it's just me saying that, right? Right. Um, so my, my my idea behind doing all that and you know do, going and going on new stuff and I did this show with Dennis Quaid. Um, I'm we're, we're doing another, we're we're t- in talks to do another show, World's Greatest. Um, and then yeah, we do we do. It. I, I did a, another newscast earlier today. The, the the idea behind this is to you know take the next step to have authoritative outlets have me on and say I'm the expert, right? And then when somebody asks me, well, why should we go with Jake or why should we use, use you guys? And I said, look, because they said I'm the expert, right? So it's not even me saying it. It's some, I'm like, I mean, hey, listen, this is like you know, good day Chicago saying I'm a commercial real estate expert. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, Here's me on the show with Dennis Quaid. They're saying I'm a commercial real estate expert. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that that's my whole thesis around um, you know, doing that stuff is, uh, you know, just underst- knowing how to get, get on and do all that stuff. That's, that's a whole industry in and of itself. Um, you know, podcasts are a great way to start. Um, you know, so if, if you want to start doing, you know, new stuff and start being seen as an authority, um, you know, podcasts are a great way to start doing it because anybody that's going to have you on wants to have seen you have the, so have to see you on video to make sure you're not going to like, you know, freeze up, you know, when you're gonna. um, so, you know, and, and, and then really it's, you know, it's somewhat, it's one of those things where it's like, once you figure it out, you're, you know, how to do it and get the context, you're like, Oh, of course. Right. Um, but unless you were doing it, you wouldn't know how to do it. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is somewhat of a process. And, and what I did at first was I reached out to some PR people. Um, and if you've never done that before, uh, I can tell you now it's unbelievably expensive. It's even more expensive than you can possibly even think it would be. Um, and, you know, and the vast majority of the time, you're probably not going to get it. I wouldn't suggest a lot of people do that. It's just crazy. Um, but you can see, you know, if you do enough research, you can find contacts at news stations and you can start p- pitching them stuff. Um, One of the, one of the other things I I didn't know that I learned is that like, for instance, if you have like a local business, right. um, You can actually buy time at your news station on the morning show to just promote your business. And it just looks like a regular news story, um, which that isn't even that expensive. So if you just reach out to the news channel and ask for like the marketing sales department, whatever, um, you know, that's and, and that's one thing like, you know, I have a buddy that owns a restaurant here in Chicago. And I'm like, hey, man, for like a couple thousand bucks, you could be, you know, I'm like the local news here. You know, um, I've been kind of telling people about it because I, I didn't know about that either. Um, so so that's that's what we doing, and, and I've only been doing this guys, since January. Right. I didn't hadn't before January started. I hadn't done any of it. Um, and just in five months come this long, long way um of being able to get on, on new shows. And and the 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 I guess the best concept I can relay about how to appropriately do stuff like this is understand who the show that you're going on is meant for. Right? Like who the viewers are, what do they want to hear? What kind of content do they I mean that's that's the best way you're going to get on these new shows, right? Um, I mean, candidly not everybody like commercial real estate is really boring to talk about, honestly. It kind of is. Right. Finance is boring. Um, so, you know, to go on news shows, you got to you got to make that applicable to everybody. So, you know, I go on as an expert in finance and interest rates and real estate and end up, end up talking about mortgages and housing and, you know, investors buying up homes and pushing out other people. Right. So that's in a way where, you know, f- figure out how if, if you want to be an actually ex- like a guest expert in the news, you know, figure out how like your own expertise can appeal to a very broad audience. Um, and, and that's, that's the best way to do that stuff.
2: And you can also do it through events. So I don't know if everybody knows this, but if you go to industry specific events, not every time, but often some of the keynotes are sponsors of the event. So they'll pay three to $5,000 or whatever the event fee is. They'll have a booth, they'll have their logos on stuff, and they'll also be a primary speaker within the event. I think
1: most of the time they're sponsored.
2: Yeah, I was going to, yeah, probably, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I seek information sometimes away from events, unless it's somebody I know who's sponsoring and is very good on the topic. Right. But yes, often if somebody wants to get heard, I was just food for thought right. for the audience. You can sponsor events and they'll so give you a speaking the, spot.
1: The value that you get out of stuff like this <clears throat> is not what they do for you. Mm -hmm. by having you on and or speaking or this it's what you can do with it Mm -hmm. candidly right like i i do a new show in new orleans the chance of anybody seeing that is like right um but we get the video and then we promote it on our social media and put it on the website and make it visible right and Mm -hmm. then you know it's more about what you can do with it, right? So you, you've got to take this stuff That's and then good. you've got to promote it yourself and market it mm-hmm. yourself, you know, to show that you're, and I mean, you know, I don't go on there and say like, Hey, look, I'm an authority because this guy said, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I, you know, thank you to this team for having me on blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they have me on the strip at the bottom, commercial real estate expert. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's, it's what, what you get, what you will get out of it is what you get out of your own marketing
2: and promotion mm-hmm. of that material. You know what I mean?
0: Very cool. Go ahead, Lafayette. You're good, bro. You're good. We always wrap up our, our show with the last segment that we call Off Script. We ask our guests to give us one last piece of advice or one last whatever's <clears throat> on your heart to leave with our audience.
1: Okay. Um. Good piece of advice. <clears throat> Here's a great piece of advice that, that I have told a lot of my friends that run their own businesses, um, you know, that I think has helped a couple of them recently is when you're running your own business, and this is really good for people that are coming from like salary jobs to running your own business, right? Um, and and you, you can't operate the same way you did as far as when you have a salary, as far as how much cash you keep in your bank account right you you need actually to accumulate a pretty good amount of money and have a cushion that is not at risk in some way it's not in the stock market right it's not in freaking cryptocurrency you know it's 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 just sitting there maybe it's earning almost nothing probably is right um but it's there for two reasons right so One, it's there in case you hit a bad patch like uh, COVID, right? Uh, I think everybody had a blip in COVID, right? So, you know, you're going to eventually hit a blip, you know, and and it's going to happen. I I hit a pretty good blip about six years into my business um, when I had trained and built up a really big sales team and basically they all left at the exact same time okay um and i'm you know that was tough but i re-engineered my business to not have to have sales guys and have a support staff but you know the revenue with that but it went like this but then that right so i i was able to take advantage of it and, and make it a positive but it was still a blip right but i was able to do that and not have to shut everything down and go get a job because i had a good cushion right so you can't live deal to deal page to paycheck like you did before um The the second reason why that's important is because when you're running your own business, you're inherently taking a a good amount of risk, right? And if you look at your whole balance sheet as an investment portfolio, um, you look at your equity that's in the business as extremely high risk, but potentially very high reward. And to balance out that risk, you need something that's extremely low risk right? So you can't take, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to take that money and put it in the stock market because now you're risk on risk, right? Like imagine right now we're about to go into recession, right? And you're running some consumer discretionary business that, I don't know, you're, you're a carpenter or something, right? That would probably be a, t- or I don't know, some guy that is a GC, um, you know, construction's way down, you know, probably getting fewer jobs right now and definitely going to get fewer jobs later this year. Imagine at the same time you had all your money invested in the stock market. Well, that's probably about 60% of what it was, right? So you're getting, that's, that's risk. That's the kind of risk on risk I'm talking about. So you're, you're really just getting hit at all angles and, you know, you need to make sure you have an appropriate, an appropriate risk profile to be able to work for yourself because I've, I've seen a lot of people get pinched by that. And what happens is you end up having to go
0: work for someone. stay connected with jake on linkedin jake clopton connect with him there check out his firm there his business and we thank you again jake for having this conversation with us on how to build a startup stay connected with unscripted check out our social media on all platforms at unscripted leadership give us a follow there check out our website unscripted-leadership.com check out our podcast which is available on all podcast platforms leave us a rating and review and you can support our mission on patreon.com backslash unscripted leadership as always we pray that you be the leader that god has called you to be we're here to build bridges and not walls bridges connect and walls divide until next time god bless